Welcome to the Seller Growth Podcast, sharing valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Here is your host, Rob Stanley. Hey, everyone. It's Rob Stanley with Seller Growth Podcast. Today, I'm here with Jason Kump from OFX. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys. Hey, Robbie. Thanks for having me again. Um, this is awesome. That's so yeah, everybody professional, jumping in Robbie. Live. Yeah, sorry. Everybody jumped in live. I, I do apologize. We did have a little technical difficulty. Uh, we just did, got it fixed, so I wanted to make sure Jason's pretty face was on so we could all see him and hear his great information. So uh, today, we are talking about uh, how Amazon sellers are winning in the European market. And uh, Jason, why don't you kick us off and start telling us about like, how are some of these Amazon sellers, what are they doing to kind of get that win? Like what, what are they doing to win in these European markets? Sure. So, um, and just before we even get there, a lot of U.S. clients are on the U.S. market, obviously, right there on Amazon.com. Um, it's really easy to, you know, you've got 300 million Americans that are here in the U.S. Uh, the European market has another 400 million um, so a lot of groups will go into Canada and to um, into the UK, into the European market, uh, very simply with Amazon and uh, and then expand their basically their potential buyers by double by doubling. So 200 percent increase in the potential buyers. So that's the reason a lot of groups do it. We notice that better sellers do that, although there's some sellers that actually start off selling in the UK or in Germany, in France, because the competition is a lot of. Uh, less severe than it is in the US. So whatever you're selling here in the US, you're making, let's say, you know, a 15, 25, 35% margin, you can probably do another 10% margin on that um, because your costs are a little bit lower and your competition is a little bit lighter. So um, that's kind of the overall why people are going international and why people do that. We see some clients that actually drop their whole US business and just focus on Europe because if you're making $1.20 here for every dollar you spend, but in Europe you're making $1.30, you don't have an endless amount of money, right? Whether you're doing a million a year or we have clients doing, you know, 400 million a year, they're focused just on <clears throat> the European markets. So um, that's the overview. And the reason and the way we help people is giving them those bank accounts, right? So you can set up Amazon makes it really easy for you guys to sell abroad. Um, and then we make it very easy for you guys to bank abroad. And that's basically yeah. the uh, the high level on that. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into that some more definitely. Uh, so, Jason, we obviously uh, it seems like a lot of U.S. sellers kind of the first move is Canada usually because it's really easy, right? You got that you know border, you can get your products there pretty quickly. Now, Europe. When you're talking about Europe, there's obviously a lot of countries in Europe. So, what have you guys seen specifically? Like, what countries do a lot of the sellers seem to jump in first? Is it like you know uh, England? Or are they going to Germany? And uh, you know, what kind of uh, you know are they getting better returns than they were than Canada versus Canada? What what have you seen on that? One hundred percent, Rob. So definitely, they'll go to Canada first, and then they'll go to UK next, just because it's English speaking. Some will pop over to Australia too. I mean, really, once you're on the Amazon system, it doesn't matter whether you go to Europe or some other place. A lot of a lot of people will just find the Europe, the English speaking countries. Uh, it's a little bit uh, a little bit easier, right? So they'll do Canada, they'll do Australia, and just to let you know, big brands use Australia as a testing ground. Groups like Levi's, Nike's, big ones like that will test market in Australia because it's so 
similar to the US market. And the big benefit, if you guys have a brand, is that if something happens in Australia and it doesn't work out, no one really knows in the US. And that's definitely the viewpoint, like you know, the Nikes and, and the um and the bigger companies will look at that, right? But if it hits there, you're you know, you're filtered it down to probably more successful product um in the US and uh and then Europe. So they definitely stand start with the English speaking groups and then go into the larger ones. So it'll be UK and then usually France or Germany that can flip around either Germany and France uh, and then Italy and Spain is usually the way we see it. Yeah. And our, what about also targeting specific products towards those countries? Like maybe there's a product that doesn't necessarily work as well in the U S or maybe in Canada, but in Europe, maybe it's a bigger hit. Have you seen anything like that? And uh, could you maybe disclose a category at least that maybe you've seen that happen in? <laughs> Um, definitely that happens. And um, interestingly, what sometimes happens is the U.S. is still the leader of trends, right? Um, and a lot of stuff comes out of California or New York, and then that kind of migrates to the rest of the U.S. and then the rest of the world. So what you can sometimes see and what we've seen is uh, clients selling things that used to be really hot in the U.S. a year, two, three years, even longer sometimes ago. Um, selling, and they might have dropped off sales in the U.S. market, um, but they're uptaking in the European market. So, and that's kind of across the board. That's obviously, you know, fashion would probably be the number one thing there. But any other trend, like everything's basically a trend now, right? So that could be, you know, some electronics, maybe some add-ons, some accessories to electronics. Um, depending on how much uptick you get uh, in different. In different categories like kind of personal personal use things like uh, nootropics or kind of uh, uh, things like that although the the differences between the governing bodies of that can be difficult but i would definitely say in fashion or trendy things um, you'll see that or new uses sometimes there'll be like a, a made for you know tv kind of infomercial that has like a spork and um and maybe that's really hot here in the u.s because they're you know the the tv ads are running those uh, and you're hopping on the back of that by making a, a better, you know, sport version 2.0. Uh, and in Europe, it hasn't really hit yet, right? Those things hit maybe a year or two later. So it could be across the board. Yeah. So I'm, I was just kind of brainstorming on that. I'm wondering if, like, if you have a really hot product in the U.S. And, and you know, sometimes the products are, are trends, like we were just talking about. And they, in, in a point, either more competition comes on board or maybe it slows down a little bit your sales. Uh, maybe that's a good time to maybe take it over to the European market and see if uh, maybe it's a big hit over there or picks up. Now, have you seen people do it that direction or do you kind of see like, uh, you know, them bringing it in the US and then bringing it into the European market at the same time uh, to not miss out on possibility of it being a bigger hit sooner over there? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, 100%. So we used to see people do like the add on effect, right? I'm selling it here and it's working or, you know, it's working well and I'll try it in the European market. Why not that too, right? If it's trending here, well, it, now more and more with Instagram and all the online, you know, uh, trends pick up quicker, right? Um, so you could do it that way or they do it like we discussed before. It used to be big here. Let's see if I can sell this in Europe. Um, but yes, more and more now people are like, let's just launch globally everywhere. Um, at the same time and get the most bang for the buck right up front. And also you kind of have a diversified portfolio because something that you thought might hit in the U.S. 
maybe it doesn't hit as well as you thought it was. Maybe it doesn't take off, but you know, wow, like in French, in, in France, the French market loves it and it goes and it goes well there. So at least you're you're up somewhere, right? It's almost like a stock portfolio. You're investing in a couple of different companies or um, this, you know, you're doing the same thing for yourself and for your own business, uh, diversifying that. Yeah, I would almost do some research on, you know, if I'm going to go, let's say, into the European market, like what what's hot over there? You know, uh, there's obviously not that we need to mention the million tools out there everybody's aware of to do research, you know, but I would almost do some research and see what's hot there and maybe bring stuff in there that maybe I don't bring in the U.S. Maybe things are hotter over there. I would almost, uh, you know, if I have a source for it, introduce those products over there. Now, real quick, everyone, uh, Jason obviously has given us some great information. He he is really specialized in uh, helping you with like money transfers and setting up bank accounts. And we'll get into that. And, and let me tell you, there's a lot of savings there uh, with what he offers. Uh, we are just trying to give some general information. Uh, you know, obviously, with Jason working with all these big people, he gets to see a lot more information and he can only disclose so much, but he's got some great tips and these are really cool. And that's why I wanted to touch on these first before we dive more into, you know, kind of the big part about saving money, which obviously saving money makes you money. So uh, be sure to hit that like and subscribe. So I appreciate everybody watching. If you have any questions as we go, please be sure to, uh, you know, put those in the comment section. Jason, be happy to answer them for you or I will. Uh, so yeah, let's keep going. So, um, what about also dealing with, uh, now a lot of people seem to be scared to go to the European market. I mean, Canada's close by. It's kind of an easy one. You can pretty much get a truck. They'll come pick it up, you know, if it's here in the warehouse or ship it directly in from uh, China. But, uh, you know, there seems to be a lot of logistics things and a lot of issues getting those items. Let's face it. Most of it comes from China over to Europe. What kind of struggles have you seen with some of the sellers getting stuff over there uh, as far as getting it in and things like that? Yeah, I think it used to be more difficult, actually. Um, but Amazon's done a good job of consolidating that. We'll see what happens with Brexit and what effects that has. Um, but it's gotten better and better um, over the last five years since we've been really paying attention to it and watching it. Um, but there is a little bit of a hurdle. But that's also a hurdle to all the competitors um, in the US going there. And the hurdle's not much. And once you do it one time, maybe twice, you, you're really good at it. You know, you can, you can, make, it, uh, you can make it work. That's a quote I saw the other day. No one uh, started off great, but everyone who's great started, right? And I think that's uh, what I see from the most successful sellers that we have. They all have that idea. You know, in this space, it's about, you know, taking very small mitigated risks and trying to do something that other groups aren't doing. And just for my fellow Americans, right, and Canadians, um, this is a great thing. We're kind of spoiled with a great market here, but don't be afraid to like to, to at least try, you know, try it once or twice and see how it works. And you'll be surprised um, how well it does. And also, you're going to be the first one. If you can be early in a category, as you all know, that means a huge amount to you, right? So if you can be earlier in a French market or a Spanish market or German market that's maybe saturated in the US, that's a huge advantage. What would you pay for that advantage to go back in the US and redo that like five, six years ago? So you still have that opportunity to some degree uh, overseas. Yeah, so before we uh, jump into the next question uh, and don't answer this one yet, but we, we're gonna find out from Jason you know, when you're ordering these items from China, 
And you're going to say either ship them to the U.S. Or, or ship them over to Europe. There's some really cool ways and creative ways that his that the company he works with have come up with to help you save some money. Which And like we, I always say, saving money is making money. But we got a real quick break with our uh, sponsor, Accrue Me. Hang tight. All sellers are looking to grow their business. Why not take advantage of the AccruMe.com Grow Now and Pay Later option? AccruMe is not a bank. They truly only win when you win with growth capital funding. What are you waiting for? Head on over to AccruMe.com now. Be sure to mention the podcast. Yeah, so welcome back to the Seller Growth Podcast. And thanks for that quick break. When you guys do head over to AccruMe.com, make sure to mention the podcast. I really appreciate that. And today I've got Jason Kump from OFX. And we're talking about uh, how... Amazon sellers are winning in the European market, and we're going to jump into that and get pretty detailed here. So, Jason, uh, first of all, just so everybody knows, I've known Jason almost three years, getting close to three years here, and uh, he, he's a great guy, has a lot of information, a lot of areas. But, Jason, why don't you just start off with, like, what are some of the ways that some of these big sellers you're dealing with are saving money? Let's start with the, the first part being when they're ordering from China. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rob. Um, so basically, when you're ordering from China, there's a couple of different ways you can uh, make that more beneficial to your business and add some uh, add profits to it. One is, you know, speaking with someone like us, there's a couple other companies out there. I'm biased. I think we're the best. Um, but you can have an FX expert kind of walk you through what you're doing and kind of analyze what you're doing to make sure you're maximizing um currency fluctuations to the best of your, um, for your company's um, ability, right? So number one is you're probably paying the Chinese in US dollars. Uh, sometimes that's a great option. Um, sometimes it's more beneficial to pay them in local currency. If their currency devalues by, um, you know, three, five, 10%, then you're better off paying them in their local currency. If the dollar, like it's recently is devalued, then you're better off paying in dollars. Um, the other added benefit is if you're using a bank to do that, you're probably paying $40. I've seen up to $120 bank wire fees um, for dollar dollar. And we can do those for uh, a lot less, like closer to $25. So that's an easy, quick savings. You know, if you're paying 40 and you're going down to 25, that's 15 bucks. That's lunch for the day at least. Right. So that's not Absolutely. too bad. And, and if you're doing a currency fluctuation play, that could be one to 10%. So that could be significant money on, you know, hundred thousand dollars, a thousand, ten thousand dollars. That that means a lot. Yeah, I and I have to say, there there's been times when I've when I was doing the Amazon selling that I would literally go do some calculations and see that they were padding it. They were padding if I was paying U.S. dollars, they were padding it for that adjustment. And then also, and I'm not sure if this is still true, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jason. You might know a little more. Sometimes they run into limits, if I'm not mistaken. Like certain businesses will run into limits on how much U.S. currency they can take. Address? Can you address that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, uh, I'll address both. So um, definitely, um, the you know the Chinese manufacturers and the people you're buying from are smart business people, um, and they're trying to be as conservative as possible and maximize their profits. Uh, you're you're there, and you're trying to make it a, a fair win-win. Um, not like huge win over there, small win over here for you, at least make it even. So that's definitely, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're watching those currency currency fluctuations and make sure they're not padding it too much. And maybe you can pad it a little bit on your side to even that out. And again, with OFX, you can talk to an expert in-house and they'll walk you through that. We know you're not a currency expert. These guys are watching 
women and men watching the currency market all day, um, all night, even we were 24 seven. So they'll be able to like tell you what's going on and really help, uh, help inform you on that. And then um, on the second angle, there are definitely, um, de definitely different things that happen on the currency markets where you want to be ahead of it as well. So you can book them forward, you can book in other things where you're locking rates in um, and kind of like set the rate now for a better return down the road. So uh, those are kind of two things. And uh, what was your other question, Rob, sorry? Oh no! I was so impressed, with, me forget. Your, I was so impressed <laughs> with your your advertisement in the beginning. I wanted to say something. Awesome. Uh, that's funny because I was already thinking about the next question I was going to ask yeah. you. So actually, yeah. we'll just go on, and I'm sure it'll come back up. So sure. yeah, that that's uh, that's some great information that you provided there. And uh, I, I was actually going to mention something about how uh, you know there's been times I've actually gone back to my manufacturer and I said, "Hey, you know, do I get a discount if I pay in your local rate?" And they actually said, yeah, like that, you know, it'll be this much less if you pay in the local rate. I think I, I was asking about you, uh, about the limitations. Sometimes there's limitations yes. on how much yeah. U.S. currency. Uh, go ahead and address that. Yeah. Yeah. You know why I forgot about that? Because we don't have limitations. So I'm, that's not a world I'm used to having limitations. Um, yeah, there's uh, but there's other providers that have limitations um, for us, for business providers. We can do ACHs for extended amount of money. Um and uh, also, yes, yeah, some businesses there may have limitations too. So that's where our global currency accounts kind of come in as well. So we offer, we can actually offer the Chinese groups uh, currency accounts in the US where you can pay them directly through that account. They receive the money almost instantly as well. And that reduces any kind of limits that uh, limit restrictions that you may be getting from that. But also just from a pure provider standpoint, um, we're really built for you know, five to $5 million transactions, 5,000 to $5 million transactions. Some other groups similar to us aren't really capable of doing that size of transaction in one go. Um, we're really built from the ground up to handle that. So that's that's another thing on the limitations. And usually yeah. 5 million a pop is, is pretty good. And we can do more. We've done, I think our largest one was 120 million in one pop. Um, so yeah, we can do that. That's really good. Yeah, and I, I was I, and I was mainly referring to like, I remember some of the manufacturers I was dealing with, like they would, uh, they would say, "Oh, this account that we have has a limit on it uh, as far as receiving receiving U.S. currency." Yeah. So yeah. they would open in like another uh, uh, China bank account, and then I'd have to send it there, and uh, which wasn't a problem, but it was just kind of a headache, you know, changing everything around. So yeah. hopefully, everybody so gets kind of what we're getting at here. You know, there obviously, if you're ordering from China. And you're either shipping your items to the U.S. or Europe, like we're going to start talking about even more here. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways you could save money. So, Jason, what about like, uh, do you guys do anything regarding helping when it goes to Europe, uh, as far as like VAT or uh, bank accounts over there on the incoming, and then we'll talk about the outgoing money uh, after that. Yeah. So um, definitely, um, we get we. That payments we usually do at uh, no rate, no cost rate. So it's just interbank direct. We know, you know, no one likes paying tax, so we don't try to make money off you paying tax. Um, so that happens, and then yes, we can do um, because these collections account, these currency accounts, as we call them, global currency accounts, and then you can receive funds, you know, from Amazon, from other marketplaces directly into uh, your OFX account, um, and you'll see that quickly, and then you can. 
from that account in Europe, if it's a euro account, the UK is a pound account, you can send and receive funds from that too. So if you do need to pay the VAT from there, you can do it directly from that account. So you're receiving money from Amazon UK and you're sending out money uh, to the uh, UK tax authorities or German tax authorities, et cetera, um, or suppliers or advertisers in country, right? So you don't have to bring the money all the way back and then send it back again. And you can really do that quite easily with our, with our network. Yeah, and so that was also like covering the VAT if you have to pay the local VAT, right? Did yeah. I get that right? Okay. Yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah. yeah. And is there any other fees that maybe I missed? Because, you know, I, I actually did not sell in Europe myself. I did uh, sell a little bit into Canada um, before I exited. But uh, so is there any other fees besides that VAT? Like, is there local taxes and things like that you also pay? So, yeah, any, you know? any taxes, uh, you can pay anything with us, right? So the VAT and the taxes will do for, you know, we're not trying to make a margin. Obviously, our business, we make money off of a very small margin off all the transactions, minus those ones that are like we just discussed. There's no other fees. So there's no monthly maintenance fee uh, or anything like that or account setup fee or anything like that. So it's very clean. Um, and we really try to be fair on that and, and give you a big value add. And usually Amazon's charging like 1.75%. With us, you're going to be you know, below 1%. If you're doing high volume, uh, you're going to be below uh, a half percent. So it's can be very significant savings. Um, on $100,000, you're looking at at least kind of $1,000, maybe $1,500 savings. So if you do that every week, that's, that's you know, uh, what, six grand a month. That can add you know, up. It can, be, it can <laughs> add up pretty quick, but you know, that's, that's yeah. a lot. Absolutely. And, and so we're going to start talking about getting your money. Like if you're selling over in Europe or Canada or even Australia, how to get that money back over. We're going to jump into that next, but stay tuned for a quick uh, commercial break. This content is brought to you by Accrumi, the business-friendly funding solution for Amazon sellers. If you are a profitable Amazon seller looking for capital to grow your profits, click the link around this video or visit Accrumi.com for a no-risk funding estimate in less than three minutes. Yeah, so welcome back to Seller Growth Podcast. Uh, today, my guest is Jason Cum from OFX, and we are basically talking about uh, you know how people are winning, uh, selling. Amazon sellers are winning, selling in Europe, and some of the ways they are winning, and maybe some tips that maybe you didn't know that some of these bigger you, bigger sellers use to save money. And uh, we're going to dive right into this. And just real quick at the end, make sure you stay tuned. If you have any questions, be sure to uh, hit them in the comment section. Hit that like and subscribe if you're over on uh, YouTube. And uh, Jason, let's start getting into when people sell in Europe, they get their money into their Amazon European account, and then they have to get it over to their US bank account. Let's go into kind of that process and how you guys come in to save them money. Sure. So the money um, reside and will be collected via Amazon. So they're their merchant um, processing group, right? So they're collecting uh, via their network. And then they ask you, which bank account do you want to send the funds to? So we'll give uh, clients a European, so if it's in the, we're talking Eurozone, a Euro account. So instead of having Amazon do the transaction fee, the transfer to from their Amazon Euro account to your US dollar account or your Canadian account, depending on where you're based out of. Um, it'll go right from US, uh, right from Amazon Euro account to your new OFX Euro account. So that's uh, same currency. So there's no fees there. And then 
you can either pay out from their local currency if you need to, uh, and most people have it automatically moved back to the U.S. So as soon as it hits that account, then it gets moved over to the US, your U.S. dollar account for um, a smaller margin, basically. So that's where you're saving, you know, at least uh, you know seventy-five percent on your um, on your currency exchange. And so on a hundred thousand dollars, if Amazon's charging you, you know, one point seven five. You're getting it for less than one percent here. Let's say you're getting it for 0.75. So you're saving a thousand dollars for every hundred thousand dollars you're you're sending that way. Yeah. So step me a little through this. You keep mentioning bank yeah. account, bank account, bank account. So in my yeah. head, I'm like, oh crap! How many forms do I have to fill out to get this bank account in China and this bank account in Europe? And you sure. know, because that's they always have to go through those at least in the U.S. Right when you're setting it up. So maybe step us through like a little bit of how that works. And then uh, you did mention the, the savings and fees. Maybe just cover that one more time. Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm so used to it, right? So sometimes you explain it too fast. Um, <laughs> but basically, you sign up, you register for an account with OFX. Um, that is opening up a one-time account with OFX. And then you choose what other currency accounts you want uh, associated to that account. So if you're a U.S. seller and you're planning on selling in Australia, Canada, Europe, and um, in the UK, you would ask for, uh, you know, UK a pound account, a Euro Euro account, an Aussie dollar account, and a Canadian dollar account. So you get all four accounts, uh, basically the next day, uh, sometimes two days. So you'd have those accounts from that one uh, account opening. And that account opening takes about 20 minutes. We ask you for, you know, some KYC data, so your ID, uh, your incorporation documents, um, and then uh, what you're selling, that kind of stuff. It's really quick. And um, then you're up and running, basically, like I said, the next day. And then you can upload those accounts into your uh, your Amazon accounts uh, globally. So you'd up your, upload your Euro uh, bank account into your Amazon Euro uh, seller, seller account. And you'd upload your uh, pound, your new OFX pound account into UK. And uh, your Aussie dollar into Aussie dollar. And you do that once. So it's definitely set it and forget it. So it sounds like a lot in the beginning, but it's really one account opening and then inserting that account. If you're just doing Euro, it's just doing it to the Euros, uh, into your Euro account, your Euro Seller Central. Central, um, And then you're done. And then you can put in an auto pay. So then we just send you the money back as soon as possible each time there's money that hits that account. And uh, you're saving that $1,000 for every 100000 um, You know. Yeah, that's for as long as you use the service, right? There's no other fees. There's no you don't even have to think about it, right? It's in the back end. I have clients that haven't logged into their account in a year and a half, right? They're just getting the money, they're getting the savings, and they're done. So it took them 20 minutes to upload. They open up their uh, their OFX account. They uploaded it. Maybe that's another like five or ten minutes per Amazon account they've got. So really, within an hour, you're saving all day long, and you never have to log into it again, right? So. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I tell people it's one of the best ROIs for an hour, right? For an hour of your time, <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty darn good ROI. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what about uh, length of time? Okay. Everybody's concerned how fast are they going to get their money once they do this process? You know. So maybe kind of give us an idea of how long the process takes. Let's say from Europe. You know, if we're getting it from Europe to my U.S. bank account. What kind of time frame is that going to take uh, from Amazon to this account to me? And then also uh, touch on if I missed any other ways you guys are saving people money in uh, Europe. Uh, yeah, sure. So I'll go through the times first. 
So um, from Europe to the U.S., it, that's usually next day. So if you're doing that, you know, Germany, uh, 4 p.m. In, in the afternoon, um, you'll see that in your account in the U.S. the next morning. Uh, if you do it after hours in Germany, we still have to wait for the bank to open up the next morning. So it would be initiated the next morning and you and you would receive that. Um, you could you could still receive that the next day, um, but it could be the following day. So it's usually within 24 hours. I think 80 percent of our payments happen within 24 hours. So it's pretty quick. And um, yeah, that's it from Amazon. It's pretty fast. And they're also, you know, we're part of their partner program. So we're always looking at ways to improve that that speed and, and the overall service too. Yeah. So maybe just elaborate a little bit what the partner program means. Uh, you know, what's that mean for sellers uh, as far as like, uh, you know, basically having guarantees that they're going to get their money, that you guys aren't like a fly by night type place, which I know you're not, but explain to everybody right. else why you're not. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, I'll start from the top on that. We're a publicly traded company. We've done over $150 billion in transactions. We've been around uh, 20 years. We've been working with Amazon sellers for, I believe, the past five or six years now. And uh, really, this is a growth area for the company. We have a lot of focus. We hope hold dedicated teams to this. And yeah, we're, we're very proud to be a part of the uh, Amazon uh, partner program. Um, there's only a few other companies that are in there. Um, right now. So there was obviously a lot of back and forth and vetting that Amazon had to do, um, reviewing the companies that they're allowing into that, just like anything that Amazon does. So um, we feel that's good because if you're not with a partner program uh, company, uh, there's going to be issues with that pretty soon. So some of the other groups that kind of do something similar to us, um, but haven't gone through that with Amazon, um, uh, you know, they're basically recommending that you have to switch to a group that does, does, uh, is part of the Amazon partner program. So we're getting a lot of clients switching over from other groups. Now it's been a, a huge, um, a huge inflow of groups that just want to be safe. You know, like I said, we're a publicly traded company. We've got offices around the world. All of our employees are in house in our different offices and all of our offices are in like global financial centers. Neat. Uh, sorry, London, San Francisco, Toronto, Hong Kong, Sydney, et cetera. Um, so it's 24-7, so it's very safe. Um, you know, we're obviously registered with FinCEN and all the different states. We're Australian-owned. Um, it's very, um, and we're a publicly listed in Australia, and Australia has very stringent uh, public requirements, um, which is really amazing and really good, and it keeps, you know, um, obviously our shareholders and our company uh, very secure and safe. We're probably one of the most conservative groups out there. And uh, that can be good or bad. If you like your money, I think you usually want to have your money with a conservative group, <laughs> um, right? So I think that's always a benefit on that side. And we have major, major companies that use us and recommend us because we're one of the more conservative groups. We're not a startup. We're not like three or four years old. And, you know, um, in these stages where we're not building out stable environments for our clients, we were the, one of the only groups open for Brexit. Uh, because of that stability and that kind of conservative nature of, of what we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've actually, uh, pre-COVID, I've been to the OFX office several times. We've had meetups there and here in the Bay Area. It was really cool. Uh, Jason's a great host. Uh, so yeah, so what you guys can do is if you're interested in getting more information on OFX, head on over to accrumi.com, check out the podcast page. I will have all Jason's uh, contact information in there for you including a link to the site and uh, some contact info over there for you to get a hold of him. 
and uh, feel free to you know get a hold of them, ask them any questions maybe we missed, or if you're interested in getting an account set up with them, be sure to uh, head over to akrumi.com, find the podcast, and all his information is there. So everybody, I really appreciate, Jason, I really appreciate you being on the uh, podcast with me, the Cell Growth Podcast. And uh, we took us a while to schedule this and we had a little technical difficulty, but yeah, just real quick. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. And everybody be sure if you go over to Acrumi, also do that free three minute instant funding estimate and mention the podcast. And on behalf of myself, Rob Stanley and the Seller Growth Podcast, I'd like to thank Jason Kump from OFX being on with us. And every Tuesday and Thursday, be sure to tune in. We always have somebody new on providing great information just like Jason did. So I will see everybody next week. Thanks again, Jason. Thanks a lot. And by the way, if you use the Accrue Me uh, link, you're going to get a discount on your rates. So your rates are going to be a little bit better than just going directly to OFX. So, um, you know, thank you to Accrue Me. Thank you for Rob. Rob's always got great information. What a treasure trove of information he's, he's uh, divulging each week, like multiple times a week, too. This is beast mode, yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah, great. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. And everybody tune in next week. We'll see you then. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on the Seller Growth Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Accrue.me. If you are an Amazon seller looking for funding, be sure to visit accrue.me.com and fill out the three-minute instant funding form. Join us next week for more great tips to help you grow your business.